You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AMs, The Morning Buzz, and we are speaking to Charlie Smith, the editor of Vancouver. Charlie, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm very well, thanks, and Karen. I hope all's well at Spice Radio today. We are doing very well, Charlie. Uh, there's been a lot of drama this week, I have to say, and drama is fitting, especially with what is going on in the entertainment industry. The actors are officially on strike. It has come out SAG-AFTRA. This union represents about 160,000 actors, and their strike has started today. And there are a lot of issues at play here, Charlie. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Yeah, and the and the the president of of the um, actors' union, Fran Drescher, you might remember her from the nanny. Yes, love She's that a show. Very, very fiery. <laughs> like to see her in this role as the union leader, talking about the greed of the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers, and the um, you know uh, how she feels. She's she's presenting the actors as as really suffering their major issues. One is uh, artificial intelligence and how to um, ensure that it doesn't just blow out a bunch of jobs. And I find this interesting because it's a, a topic that I think a lot of workers can relate to. So, uh, first of all, the writers, when they went on strike, and they're still on strike, the Hollywood writers, um, uh they, they, this was a big issue for them, and, and now the uh, Screen Actors Guild, uh, they're pushing it. And the problem is the streaming services are not making a ton of money. And even Disney announced uh, that it's going to be producing less television or less fewer shows and uh, just focusing on streaming content on, on Disney+. Plus. So... You've got this kind of tug of war between um, the producers who produce content for the streamers and um, and the uh, actors and the writers. So it's 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 getting bigger and has potential to have real blowback here in BC as well um, because of the issue that uh, you know, a lot of films, a lot of uh, movies of the week and things like that are made in Vancouver and movies. That's and true. we also have a huge visual effects industry in BC that serves Hollywood. That's right, Charlie. And I was actually going to say to you know, what we have to remember to here is it's not only just the actors and writers that are affected. We actually had a number of people calling us in and telling us about how like this strike is going to affect so many people. You know, you think about the people who come and like cater the foods on the set, right? The people who do the camera work. So like, what's the domino effect here, Charlie? Because yes, you've got these two sets of people, but there's so many more people that can be impacted by this. Yeah, you have like several film unions. Um, just take one, for example, IATSE 891, which uh, represents a lot of the people who work what's called below the line uh, on the film. Like, they're not the stars, actors, uh, the, the, the big stars. They're not uh, directors who are members of the Directors Guild. But they're working people who rely on this industry to um, keep, keep the, uh, the wolves at the door. And so what's, uh, there's a proposal now uh, for IATSE 891, a master agreement, 5% wage increase, and the voting deadline is July 21st, um, 2023. And so 
it's it's a big mess, the whole labor relations situation. And, and the, the other issue, too, is the inflation numbers are coming down. And so there's an incentive for employers to extend these these uh, strikes or work stoppages because then the inflation numbers come down and then it makes it easier for them to negotiate. But the problem is inflation might be coming down, but food prices aren't. And so average people still feel the inflationary spiral, even if the official numbers and, and the business commentators are saying, oh, things are getting better and the stock market's taking off because the numbers are down. You still go to the grocery store and you're totally hosed. Yeah, it's it's so true. And it, it's just so much is happening here. And you got to wonder, you know, like my hope is, Charlie, I don't know if you agree with this here, but with the actors going on strike, do you think that potentially maybe now this will be more of a motivator to like sort of end the strike soon? Because you've already got the writers, now the actors. Do you think it'll end sooner, this whole thing? I think it's difficult to say because the industry is in such transition right now. It's unlike any other period because we've had a proliferation of these streaming services a lot of them did very well during the pandemic and and you know the biggest and the, the best known was netflix which came out earlier but it was followed by crave and you know a whole, whole bunch of others disney plus and and they're having trouble uh paying for programming because the the viewing has become so uh kind of fragmented and there are so many services there's so much available and the other issue is um, online uh, with advertising you've got Google and, and Facebook uh, gobbling up in Canada at least more than 70% of, of the digital revenue so it's you know, TV shows traditionally have been paid for by commercials bought by large corporations and the marketing decisions decision making has changed as well so I'm, I'm a little worried about uh, this being quite protracted and I even think that for um, international producers let's say you know the South Korea for instance has a very buoyant uh, entertainment industry as does uh, Bollywood obviously and I think there are opportunities to fill the gap to a certain degree. If you don't have as many productions, um, you know, what's going to be in the Cineplex theaters? Right. You know, three months from now, five months from now. And uh, maybe an opportunity for people like Charlotte to revive their careers. You know, I guess he did with his last movie, but, but there's going to be demand for product in the West. Certainly. So let's see. We're going to watch this whole thing roll out here, Charlie. And finally, another big story moving locally here. The B.C. government has asked British Columbians to conserve water. Uh, What does this all mean, Charlie? Because they say we're at like a level four. And so being at a level four, like how bad is our drought situation? It's bad because we're only at July 14th today. So you've got Two-thirds of the province's water basins are, are at level four or level five. Level five is is extremely problematic, and we have this uh, situation on Vancouver Island, which is quite shocking when you think the 
west coast of Vancouver Island is in a rainforest. Um, but you've also got level five in Port Nelson, uh, Bulkley Lake, um, level four in, in our area. Uh, I think it, the level four may be manageable if, if demand uh, for water is, is curtailed. Um, we also, what, what normally happens in these situations is, uh, like in California, for instance, when they get to severe droughts, the, the water supply is maintained for people, but it's cut off for other uses, like whether it's car washes or whether it's agriculture, because the car washes don't vote, and the farms don't vote. The farmers might, but, but the people vote. And so if things uh, continue to get worse, I think we'll start seeing uh, greater restrictions, um, maybe in the, in the commercial sector. One area which troubles some environmentalists is, and, and this isn't doesn't affect us here in the Lower Mainland, but massive amounts of water are being used for the fracking of natural gas, and that natural gas is going to power um, LNG. Uh, in, in Kitimat and possibly in other areas of the province. And so there's a real question, uh, is this an appropriate thing to be doing as we're seeing uh, the climate um, crisis intensify and water shortages? And, but the province is locking itself into some, some long-term um, water, uh, you know, you have to, drill the natural gas if you're going to liquefy it and export it. And you can only drill it with massive uses of, of water, and then that water can't be re-injected because it's contaminated. And so in northeast B.C., where they have level 5 drought, they're also sucking a lot of water out of the system for for the natural gas industry. And I think we're going to hear hear more about that in the years to come. Mm, certainly. And it, it's crazy to think just how much has changed over the years to the idea of having a drought, because I can remember years ago, summers having rain and stuff, and it being so dry, it really is a reality here. So yeah, let, let's see what ends up happening there. And now, Charlie, finally, of course, Theatre Under the Stars is happening. And you were telling me about one of the creatives, Crystal Kieran. Tell us a little bit about her. Yeah, Crystal, so she's an amazing, uh, you know, they call her a triple threat and she can act, she can dance, uh, she could sing, uh, she she went with A.R. Raymond on, a, on the Jaiho Global World Tour. Uh, she's now transitioning into, chore- she's always been a choreographer, she's from Penticton actually, but she's also been a stage actor at the Shaw Festival, um, done TV and, and film work, uh, very multi talented. Uh, so now she's with Theater Under the Stars, and she's choreographed uh, one of the, they do two shows. Uh, this is through uh, July and August at, at Malkin Bowl in Stanley Park. So it's a long-running uh, show, and the one she's choreographed is Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical. So it's musical theater, but what, what I really like about what she's doing is playing a role in um, kind of desegregating musical theater in Vancouver in that, first of all, she's moving up the ranks. She was a director associate uh, last year, and now she's choreographing 
show, and it's not easy work. It's very challenging choreographing musical theater. She's got a ten, ten kids are in the, in the children's ensemble, and then she's got a whole bunch of adults in another ensemble, so she has to choreograph these things so that it uh, it's all in sync. She's trained in classical Indian dance as well as um, ballet, and uh, she's also um, brought in other dance forms, salsa and hip-hop and uh, house to this show that's in Stanley Park. And I just think she's someone to keep an eye on because uh, her career is evolving and, and she's very talented. I asked who, who her influences are as a choreographer. And she mentioned some of the usual ones in the West, like Debbie Allen, Bob Fosse, Martha Graham, but also Farrah Khan in Bollywood. Mm-hmm. Someone who has inspired her because Farrah Khan obviously is a great choreographer, but she's also evolved into becoming a director. And I would expect that there's a strong possibility that Crystal Karen's going to go in that way. One other thing, and I know I'm using up a lot of your time. It's okay, Charlie. It's interesting. interesting <laughs> is she did a, a thing several years ago. She choreographed and produced and performed in, it's called Thy Beauty's Doom, and it was about Mabel Battaglia. The 19-year-old, very artistic, tragic story, Surrey resident who died, and she worked with the family and created a kind of honored her through dance, and that's available on YouTube. Oh wow, what a talent, Charlie! Definitely somebody to keep an eye on there. Charlie, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You take care. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Karen.